Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning into Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and joining us from his desert quarantine, <laughs> sipping a martini and listening to Dean Martin, Dean Martin is uh, <laughs> Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? Jumbo Dave, how are you? I was trying to think of a casino to say you were at, but... I could, the Flamingo. The Flamingo. It's old. The Sands. An oldie, but well, the Sands is gone, but the, yeah. at least the Flamingo is still there. <laughs> the Desert Inn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, Mike, before we get started, mm-hmm. T-shirts, some great stuff in our T-shirt shop. All the money goes to the International Rhino Foundation. So go to the link in the show notes, or if you're on our um, social media pages, you could find the link there. Again, mm-hmm. all the money goes to the International Rhino Foundation. Now, what was your idea for today's show? This was this was you came up with this one. Sure. In one of the questions we had last uh, episode, um, we did a listener question show kind of pointed towards this. And that is, um, now that we know that Primeval World is gone for good, it's it's not coming back. It's Disney has announced that it's a gonzo. And the Midway games are kind of, I mean, people have hated them since they opened. Um, I suspect that the the whole Dino-Rama area is, you know, uh, endangered. Let's put it this way. Not not quite extinct, but uh, certainly uh, highly endangered. And I think uh, sooner or later it's going to go bye-bye. So I thought, why don't we put our heads together and think about what either one of us would would like to do with that area. Okay. Give us a little background on the area, Dino Land, just so that we, everybody has an idea of how we're we're fitting our ideas into this. Sure. So, um, Dino Land, uh, the the whole backstory. It's a very, very involved backstory. I will try to uh, uh, go through it pr- relatively quick. I know we've done an episode just about the backstory of Dino Land, but anyway. Um, the Dinoland started the, the what is now Restaurantosaurus was an old hunting lodge, uh, and around 1947, uh, some uh, paleontologists were renting the lodge and discovered fossils. So they bought the lodge and converted that into the Dino Institute. So the rest the uh, the Dino Institute was originally where Restaurantosaurus was. Eventually, uh, the Dino Institute, under the guidance of Dr. Marsh. Felicia Rashad, for those who know the the, uh, the um, uh, pre-show at the, the dinosaur, um, had a contract with a place called Chronotech that had discovered how to send vehicles back in time. So they opened up the Dino Institute that you see today, um, this nice fancy uh, area, 
the um, and the Restaurantosaurus became sort of like the place where the interns went to eat and hang out, and that's why it looks the way it does. And uh, I will get down the rabbit hole of the uh, of the Restaurantosaurus and that theming. But anyway, um, all this time, the Dino Institute started buying up properties around the area to collect fossils because it turned out that that area was a very rich of a fossil area so the you know the boneyard for example is where the paleontologists today are digging up uh, dinosaur bones but chester and hester uh owned a um a gas station and you could tell by looking at the building itself that you know there's some old gasoline uh, you know gas station type things around the outside of the uh of the uh, chester and hester's shop uh but when when the Dino Institute started taking off and people started coming first to see the fossils and the fossil park that they were operating and then, uh, you know, the tours going back in time, it became such a hugely popular tourist attraction that uh, Chester and Hester decided to open up a gift shop. And um, shortly thereafter, uh, as they were making money from their converted gas station into a sort of a fossil souvenir shop, they then decided to turn their parking lot into a small amusement park, and that is, of course, today's Chester and Hester's Dinorama. And they built their own version of the dinosaur uh, ride named Primeval Whirl. And if, for people who really notice the details of Primeval Whirl, with the spinning clock going backwards and some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, you know references in, in the ride itself, they're sort of mimicking what you do with dinosaur. They also added Triceratops Spin and some Midway Games to create their own kind of like attraction to make money from all these people coming to the Dino Institute to ride the time rovers and go back in time. So that's the, you know, sort of an abbreviated version of the backstory of Chester and Hester's Dinorama, which is probably the most maligned area of <laughs> maybe any park uh, in Florida. Um, people hate uh, what they did. And in reality, what it was, was at the time, you know, they had decided to not do Beastly's Kingdom. Um, you know, they were putting together Expedition Everest. They just, there was, uh, at the time, there wasn't a lot of rides at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I mean, for the longest time, there were really only two. Uh, dinosaur, at the time called Countdown to Extinction and Kilimanjaro Safaris. You know, eventually they did Kali River Rapids, um, you know, a year or two after the park opened, and then Expedition Everest in the early 2000s. But they wanted to add at least a couple of more rides, and Disney didn't want to spend the money to build like some you know major attractions, so they wanted to do these midway rides, you know, just sort of like off the shelf, spinny ride and a, a cheap roller coaster, and put Joe in charge of you know making it fit. And I I stand by the uh, the proposition that he did the best that he could do with the hand that he was dealt um, in terms of you know getting these two unthematic off-the-shelf uh, rides on the cheap and, you know, trying to build an area. But people today hate the Midway games. They hate the parking lot aspect of it. Um, you know, the gra the, the, the cement and the, and the just the cheesiness of it. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with them. It's, it's, it, could, it could be better. Um, as we've said at the beginning, they have recently... Uh, shortly before COVID, they started making, you know, Primeval World went down and it was 
it's going to be quote unquote seasonal. Um, and then uh, during COVID, I think back in June or, or so, they had said that uh, Rivers of Light is never coming back and neither is Primeval World. So I think that, that you know this area is going to be plowed over and made something new. And you know, let's talk about what we think it should be. All right. So you want me to go first? Sure. I have like three or four ideas, but you can go ahead and go first. I have one very ambitious idea. Okay. Um, the premise behind my idea is that the Dino Institute's um, job of or, or breakthrough of going back in time and getting dinosaurs has been successful. Now, you go on a ride there on uh, uh, the dinosaur ride, and you've, you, you know, you're, you're part of a project that clearly has happened before and is going to happen again. So the Dino Institute, Dr. Seeker, you could change that too if you want, but we're not talking about that too much, um, has successfully brought dinosaurs to 2021. Okay. And what we are doing now with Dino Land USA and therefore also Dinorama is putting these animals on exhibit. I see. So uh, you Chester and Hester, we don't need them anymore. The okay. Dino Institute has bought Chester and Hester out and we are turning the area into are uh, whatever you want to call it, Dino Land, whatever it might be. So I have two basic ideas. Okay. The first is, for those of you not familiar, look up a Disney item, a Disney, well, it's not an attraction, I don't even know what you'd call it, character called Lucky the Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Lucky was uh, uh, whoa, uh, an animatronic, a, a mobile animatronic. I guess right. what you'd call it, mm-hmm. um, a, an anima, a meet and greet animatronic that would walk around uh, the park, meet kids. I was pulling a cart. Um, I want to build on that technology. We're going to have a few of those now walking around, meeting and greeting. And uh, we're going to have, instead of Primeval World, instead of all that kind of stuff, we're going to have exhibits zoo style exhibits maybe a few we could even go over the other side there's a lot there's some open space there to do this walk through just just like we've all seen the giant alligator exhibit that's there mm-hmm. one similar to that but instead you're going to have an iguanodon maybe uh i don't know whatever whatever other uh you know Cretaceous period dinosaur you want to have uh, in there. I guess that's what we're going to stick. Unless we change the the brief of the <laughs> of the other the main show, uh, we can't really change too much. Obviously, we're going to need to go with some of the smaller ones. You can't. You're not going to have you know a paddock of a Tyrannosaurus Rex because they're humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other lots of other dinosaurs from that period. Uh, the dromaeosaurs, and there's different kind of raptors, and then 
all sorts of stuff that you get baryonics is all sorts of stuff that you can use um and basically what we're doing is we're putting an animatronic outdoors in a walkthrough exhibit and as you walk through you see the animatronic eating walking around whatever it may be and then a couple of times a day the handlers will bring some out to walk around the park and then <laughs> where the door is that you see when you go back to the bathroom, okay, that, that will lead you because back there is a lot of space. That's the end of the building. Now, there's a cast member spot back there, but we can move that. And you're going to have a safari style ride where you're driving through the Dino Institute's um basically <laughs> their Jurassic Park, right? <laughs> Where you're driving through uh, and seeing the different animals on display, the different, and they're all animatronic and they're all outdoors and they all look like you're just seeing a zoo exhibit of dinosaurs. And that's what I want to do with the Dino Institute. Okay. And, and like I said, a couple times a day, handlers will walk a few of them out and you can meet and greet them. No more uh, dance parties. None of that. But you take down the primeval <laughs> whirl. You take down the games. You can leave up Triceratops Spin if you just want to ride there. You can have space here, plus the Cretaceous Trail. You have space to make four or five little exhibits. Uh -huh. walk through exhibits that might have one or two animatronic dinosaurs operating throughout the day. And if you want to shut them off, put them in a sleep mode, people walk by and see a dinosaur sitting there sleeping. Easy enough. What do you think? Okay. I like that. I like that. It's similar in some respects to some of the ideas I'm going to have. I think I have five as I'm like thinking them in my head. Um, I don't know. How many more do you have, Dave? Well, that's the basic. I mean, I didn't want to get into the whole idea of what specific animals or that kind of okay. thing. I'm, I'm, I, I don't flush these things out into specifics. I, I kind of um, the blue sky person here. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, in certain areas, certainly where the Triceratops spin or the um, primeval world is, where the gift shops are and stuff like that, you know, and that so, path walks so back. So it would be a walking path of animatronics. You would have a walking path of animatronics. That's the basic thing. And then if you want to add something big, then you add like a like a trail type of not no, I shouldn't even oh, or you can add a ride that's for kids. What I've always said is what they need to do with dinosaurs is a really cool thing that little kids can go and see dinosaurs. So you have the animatronic dinosaurs in the dinosaur ride. They're incredible. They're really cool. But the ride itself is too intense for little kids. Sure. And one thing I've learned by having a son is that a three-year-old to seven-year-old boy probably won't like that ride too much. But if you just take out the craziness and let them drive through and see animatronic dinosaurs, they'd go wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. That, that would be... That would be uh... Yeah, that would be a, a, a if they built like a full blown dark ride where you're just going to see various dinosaurs. It could um, be a dark ride. The other idea is to actually put the animatronics outdoors and have it be like a safari truck kind of thing. 
You could do that too. You could do that too. Right, that goes through it. Or um, uh, the other, the the way it started in my head was the monorail at the Bronx Zoo, where you're okay. where you're driving through, or like which is similar. I mean, in, uh, the best way I can describe it is the Rafiki's Planet Watch train, where everybody's sitting facing the side. Right, right, right. And you go through different exhibits and you see so from there you can build like a big i mean they have the technology to build we've seen the yeti to build giant um animatronics you could easily build a t-rex animatronic and stick it in the back behind some trees and my god people saw a moving carnotaurus or something back there they'd go nuts so one of my ideas actually two of them are similar to that uh the first one is keeping Dino Land as it is right now, Dinorama, but replacing Primeval World, we're taking that away and putting in a dark ride in that spot and make it sort of like a Mr. Toad's ride, a dark ride, a little, you know, a little fun, you know, thing, not too expensive because we all know Chapek is not going to spend a lot of money. Um, and, you know, it could be some animatronics, but kind of like cutesy cartoony of dinosaurs, like you said, Dave. Um, one thing that I've always railed about, or we both have, is that there's just not enough for the under 40-inch crowd, um, you know, right. under 44 inches. The people, the kids who are either uh, too little to t- even go on Dinosaur or Expedition Everest, or, you know, they might be tall enough uh, by a little bit, but just, you know, they're not set up for, you know, a thrill ride like that, and they, and they wouldn't enjoy it. Um I, I want to put in like a kid area in, I want to keep this a kids dominated area and a little fun, dark ride, kind of like a fun house kind of dinosaur themed fun ride would be, uh, would be great. And I would take the mid one thing that needs to go are these stupid midway games that nobody plays and they're just taking up dead space. I would put like a kid's fossil station in there. Not like not dissimilar to the boneyard, but more of like actual people like, you know, showing you fossils and like real dinosaur stuff. That's idea number one. Idea number two, if you want me to keep going. Yeah. Is to, uh, I didn't know we were doing multiple ideas. I thought we just Uh, wanted one. I'm going to do multiple, but I'm I'm not going to go too, too, too deep into the, uh, to the dive. I'm just going to throw out kind of like a basic ideas. Number two would be to plow the whole area down and build a building. And make it sort of like, um, like a fossil, like like an actual natural history museum. Sort of, you know, it'd be like a trail, but be like a very hands-on, very kid-oriented uh, museum with a lot of hands-on interactive exhibits, maybe holograms of dinosaurs, actual fossil bones. Back in the old days, when the park first opened, this area was the area where Dinosaur Jubilee was, and that was this big tent where they had uh, fake interns walking around and given uh, tours of actual fossils or, or, um, you know, uh, castings of actual fossils. Uh, That would be another idea. Um, Another idea I had is to, again, plow this whole area and similar to your idea, David, making a kind of like a walking trail, make this a walking trail, but I would actually expand the Cretaceous Trail, which is nearby, and you know, make this an area full of animals, real animals, that um, have some sort of 
tie to the dinosaurs, whether they were animals that were around the time of dinosaurs, such as crocodiles, such as a turtle pond, or come from dinosaurs, like birds. You could have, I've always said that uh, cassowaries would be cool. Things like shoe-billed dino- uh, 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 shoebills, which are these really prehistoric-looking birds. I would sort of make a trail uh, that has those kind of animals in it. Um, before I move on, Dave, what do you think of those three ideas? Do you like yeah. any of them in particular? I mean, I think we're we're kind of going with the same general idea, which is, you know, Dino-Rama was supposed to be a place for kids, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't deliver that. And I think we both are kind of in the same idea, which is we want sort of an all-ages dinosaur place. Right. You know, n- not a playground <laughs> and not carny rides something that can be appreciated for everyone from little kids and up um you know that is dinosaur themed which uh, and is a little more kind of takes the idea with a little more earnest you know or more earnestly kind of takes it a little more um intellectually is kind of where i think the thread is the same here with all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other two ideas I had, Dave, are completely different, and they um, completely remove dinosaurs uh, from this area of the park. And does Zootopia no, instead? No, although you know, if if we're stuck with Zootopia, this might be one of the areas they do it. Okay. Um, but no, one number one is to um, since it's right next to Finding Nemo the musical. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, aquatic animals in our last uh, podcast. Um, how about, you know, taking this area and sort of attaching it to the Finding Nemo area and sort of make an oceans, uh, land of, of Disney's animal kingdom, but which would be right next door. You could easily, uh, separate this area out and make it part of Finding Nemo, the musical and keep, you know, the dinosaur dinosaur and boneyard and stuff on its own. And, you know, I would build, you know, aquarium style exhibits here, like we were talking about, you know, a stingray pond, a turtle area, maybe even an indoor coral reef. Um, You can easily, there's plenty of space there and you can combine it. If you ever look at an overhead map of Disney's Animal Kingdom, you'll see that the the Chester and Hester's Dinorama is literally right next to Finding Nemo the Musical. Um, And you can make it your own kind of oceans land to the park because you're right on. Uh, the walking trail that connects, you know, Asia through, uh, uh, you know, around the Rivers of Light um, old theater. So you could easily separate it out, get rid of the, you know, the attachments to the diner area, like Chester and Hester's be on his own kind of there or, you know, do whatever you want. Because there's plenty of space there to add to the, the dinosaur land, too. But I would make this an aquatics area. That would be number one. And number two, um, again, getting rid of making this its own little area, not... Part of dinosaur anymore uh we talked about dave that um, there is not enough stuff for little kids to do at uh, any theme park never mind just animal kingdom i think animal kingdom is probably the best for little kids because of all the animal walking trails and all that kind of stuff and there is no better uh place for little kids in my mind than the bugs land over at uh, california adventure that they've since taken away you could for a relatively cheap rate since all those rides are just sitting around somewhere basically big bugs land and plug it in this whole area 
Um, Bugs Land is great in that it's, you know, you could, it, it's a little area where kids can do whatever they want. There's three or four uh, cheap rides like Heimlich's Choo Choo and the Flicks Flyers. Oh, they're for, they're all for little tiny kids. Um, or, and, you know, maybe seven or eight year olds too. But it would be a perfect spot just to kind of scale it out here. And this is one place, you know, Christina says this all the time. It was the one area where she didn't have to say no to the kids at all. Whatever they wanted to do, they could do. I understand. There's, that. Yeah. There's no 40 That's inch, That's true. you know, 40 inch things there, you know, or all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a great spot to put like three or four little kid rides, um, theme it nicely. It, um, Bugs Land was my theme, but you could really basically do anything you wanted. Um, I just picked Bugs Land because they removed it all from California Adventure for, you know, the Avengers area that they're building. So they're just sitting around to gathering dust right now. You can easily just ship them to Florida and plug them in here and and right. it would be a great little area. So those are my ideas, Dave. What do you think of the last two where you get rid of the dinosaur idea completely for that area? I prefer dinosaurs to either one of those ideas. I like that you're staying with kid-related animal mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, you know, or some... No Zootopia. <laughs> no Zootopia, no IP, so therefore neither one of us are getting what well, we want Bugs here. Well, Bugs is IP. That's, that's yeah, all, that's true. Um, a bug story. It's an old IP, but it's I mean, an I IP think one of the you know, I think one of the obvious things to do would be to get rid of Primeval World and I, I mean, and put in some sort of kid-themed dinosaur carny type ride, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, like a train or something like that. I mean, that's, well, one of the th- one of the th- ideas I had it would not be kids-oriented, but you know, one of the original plans, and you see it all the time for Disney's Animal Kingdom, was this area was going to have the excavator. Which was a which was a, a roller coaster, like a real roller coaster. I suppose you could do that too if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, you could do, or even do like a you know like a Goofy's Barnstormer kind of dinosaur themed ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's those are the easy that that's the easy thing that I think would happen. Um, I, I you know, my guess is that Primeval World is just going to sit there exactly the way it is for five years. Could um, be. Could be. <laughs> And with, may reopen with, at some point. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, they've officially said it's Gonzo, so I, I usually Disney doesn't, uh, yeah, change their true. mind about that. I think it's probably Gonzo, um, but you know, it might just sit there for a while, just like the River Lights Theater right next to right. it. Um, it might just be empty space for a while, which really stinks. I think uh, maybe for a, uh, a not too distant future, maybe a podcast about what we would do with the Rivers of Light Theater. But, um, hmm. yeah, I, I think I, – but I do think this area is probably on, the, like I said, the endangered species list. Definitely. Um, and I think they'll do something with it. And I think once COVID's back gone and they've you know done all they wanted to do with Epcot and they're looking yeah. for the next next thing to, uh, to do, this area might be where they go. I think it has to be. Um, and, I, but I, and I think that um, what we're probably going to see is sort of more of a – I mean, you could easily shut down all of Dino-Rama to get rid of Primeval World and to do that. And if you're going to take the time to take that, dismantle it and take it down, you're going to might as well just retheme the whole thing. Mm-hmm. My guess is the easy way to do it would be to theme it dinosaur-wise, because then you don't have to change the dinosaur ride too much. You don't have to retheme the restaurant. You don't have to change the boneyard. Um, it's easy enough to just work within the space you have and to do something dinosaur-related. Um, that would be, 
I would think, 85% chance that that's what happens, is that that space and that footprint doesn't change. It's just what's in it does. Mm-hmm. You know, and we and we move from there. Um, if there were a dinosaur IP, we'd all know exactly where they were going. But uh, <laughs> as of true. now, there isn't, right? So I, I do think, though, that that kind of area it could lend itself to um, being its own. I mean, you don't have to retheme all of Dinosland. You could keep Restaurantosaurus, Boneyard, uh, the dinosaur ride itself as Dinoland USA. But you could make it its own little mini land because it does sit directly on the, you know, the, the walking path that goes around the lagoon uh, that connects to finding Nemo. You could actually, uh, you know, separate it. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess in theory you could Mike, but I'm not sure how in practicality that would work out, how well that would work out. Like I say, it would have to be a small land. I mean, if, yeah. uh, like I, uh, if they do, if they are insisting on putting Zootopia and you hear like from Jim Hill and stuff that, you know, Disney is planning on doing Zootopia, uh, you could either do Rafiki's Planet Watch, or I think this actually area probably makes more sense Ugh. because you don't have to get on the train to go out to Zootopia. I'd be ridiculous. Um, I could, yeah, but I could see it. I could totally see them taking out Dinorama and building a Zootopia ride and like, you know, maybe like a little gift shop and calling that its own land. Yeah. And if they think that Zootopia is going to make them money is going to be good for investor, good for the, uh, for the shareholders, then they'll plop it in there, whether it fits or not. Right. I mean, right. Chapik doesn't care if it fits the theme. That's, that's secondary in his mind. Well, sure. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they say, you know, let's put star Wars in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Mike. Exactly. Right. The kids seem to like that Mandalorian. Let's build a Mandalorian. Yeah, we'll put a Baby Yoda ride there. Perfect. <laughs> well, I guess that's it, right? I guess that's yeah. all. So don't yeah, forget yeah. all the plugs we gave you at the beginning. Mike, you can find Mike on Twitter. So you want to pick apart his ideas, do it by going to at uh, Jombo Everyone. And uh, make sure you just add me to any kind of criticism you have of Mike's uh, idea of putting bugs in there instead of dinosaurs. Uh, you could do that by going at Radio Harambe. Uh, you can also find us on on uh, Instagram. We are at Disney's Animal Kingdom on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook at Radio Harambe. Uh, if you feel the need to email us, everyone at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget, please, please, please rate and review us. Five-star ratings is all we're accepting this time of year um, on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you listen or want to listen on a platform that we're not on, let me know. That way I can figure out how to get us on there. I want to get as many ears as we possibly can. Go to the link in the show notes, the link in all of the social media to find our T Public store. Got some great designs, new designs just coming out. All the money goes towards the International Rhino Foundation. I think that's it. Did I miss anything, Mike? No, I think you're right. I All think right. you I think you got everything, Dave. So for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quarini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Haram. <laughs> Now, who took